Uh, is this Lucy? Yes, it is. Hi, it's Andy Flynn at the Lake Placid News. Yeah, hi. So tell me about, uh, let's talk biathlon first. Where where are you? Yeah. Are you out in Montana? I actually just got home. So right now I'm in quarantine in an apartment next to our house um, while I wait to get a second test. Um, but I've been training for ever since um, May in Montana in Bozeman. Going down that dirt road. Welcome to Lake Placid, New York's Olympic Village. It's home of the 1932 and 1980 Winter Olympics. Welcome to the show. We are Lake Placid, brought to you by the Lake Placid News. I'm the editor, Andy Flynn, and we're celebrating all the people that make this one of the best places to live on Earth. Safe care right now. That's what you'll find at Adirondack Health. Many of you have delayed going to the doctor or the hospital during the pandemic. But at Adirondack Health, they've taken specific steps to increase your safety, like streamlining their check-in process, using high-tech disinfectant machines. Bottom line, Adirondack Health makes your safety their top concern. Learn more at adirondackhealth.org. That's adirondackhealth.org. It was a Tuesday, December 22nd. I spoke on the phone with Lucy Hochschartner of Lake Placid, and she is a Nordic skier, recently named to the roster for U.S. Biathlon, competing in two International Biathlon Union racing events later in January. There is the IBU Open European Championships in Poland, but first, it'll be the IBU Cup in Arbor, Germany. I was just extremely honored and excited. I've actually never been to Europe before, not um, for skiing or otherwise, so really excited for the opportunity to travel, to represent the U.S., and just continue this back on career. It's something that I've always been around growing up in Lake Placid. It's obviously hard to avoid as a cross-country skier, but I didn't start pursuing it full-time until after college because it's not a college sport. So I skied all through college, and then, yeah, this is first year that I've done it more consistently. So it was just great to see that work pay off. So you graduated from um, St. Lawrence University, right, in, in, uh, this year? Yes. Was, yep. Okay. This past frame. And what, was, uh, what did you graduate with? What kind of a degree? Yeah, so I graduated with a BA in Environmental Studies and Government. Okay. And, and so, at, you know, right after that, that's when you went out west, right, to Montana? Yes, exactly. But you were a, you were a Nordic skiing star at SLU. That's the way they portray it, right? <laughs> that, is, that is the way they portray it. And I have nothing but, you know, kind words. I loved my time at SLU, and the ski team at SLU is my second family, and the coaches are wonderful, and they did so many things for me. But yeah, I'm not sure I would say I was a star, but we definitely, we had a good, good time. And another girl, actually Jackie Garso, who's from Lake Clear, also qualified for um, the IBU Cup and Open European Championships. And we went to SLU together for four years and did NYSF together before that in high school. So we've been teammates for almost a decade now. So we're really excited. This was the first year we've ever not been on a team together. Um, because she moved out to California. So we're excited to be reunited in Germany. <laughs> nice. Uh, so how, tell me about the transition to biathlon. When did that happen? Why did that happen? Who who came up to you and said, hey, biathlon? 
Yeah, so um, I've shot a rifle intermittently all through like middle school and high school. My dad is very into Babylon. Um, he loves watching it. He used to do it, not professionally or anything, but um, as an enthusiast. But then I hadn't really ever done any serious biathlon racing until I'd do, you know, a camp here and there and maybe hop into a race. But I got a rifle of my own after my freshman year of college. And I got into it because U.S. Biathlon has this great program called Talent ID Camp, which is basically a camp that you can apply for as a skier. Um, and it's for a week over the summer. And they'll teach you how to shoot and do um, all sorts of like physical testing and then, uh, you know, help you figure out your path in biathlon. So I did that after my freshman year of college. I was excited about the opportunity to do something new with skiing, um, but also had a lot of opportunities. I've always really wanted to be able to travel with skiing. Um, and that hadn't really been an option as a cross-country skier and looks like it might be an option in the far future <laughs> um, for biathlon for me. So I was excited to get into it, um, have the new challenge of shooting with skiing is really different. Um, there's definitely a, a whole other level of skill that <laughs> skiing, you know, it's not like running. It does take a lot of technique, but um, biathlon just takes that to the, the next level. So I was excited for something new to tackle. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that after my freshman year and then just kind of kept in touch with it through college and then. Um, made the full transition this spring. Yeah. Um, did you have a conversation with Tim Burke or anybody else from U.S. Biathlon of, about that? And uh, how did you get the in yeah. invite? Um, so I had known that the camp was an option. Um, so they advertised it on this like ski news website called Faster Skier. So I had seen it. And I also just known people who had done it. Like I know Elizabeth Izzo um, did it at one point and you know her from home and some other some other people that I had known from uh, college skiing and so I applied and then once I applied I talked to the so this is four years ago so the national team coaches Tim I think at that point was actually still on the team so the coaches who I was working with were like Barnes, Eisenbickler, Jean Paquette and Yone Kakonen and so they you know approved my application and then had like did some great work with me over that week on camp and you know really encouraged me to keep going in biathlon and so definitely a lot to them and, and all my coaches over the years um, my ski coaches especially too for in college um, they were always willing to let me go to an occasional biathlon race and just made me a better skier which is obviously half of the battle <laughs> So you'll be headed to, to Germany for um, the first two IBU Cup competitions. That's in January? Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and then you'll be going to, to Poland for the IBU Open European Championships? Exactly. Okay. Is that the end of the season for, for, for U.S. Biathlon for you or for competition? So at that point, there will then – at that point, more is up in the air. It's possible that I would then continue to finish out the rest of the IBU Cup or come home. And it just all depends on how we all race when we're over there. So the team is that was named um, like five or six people, and it's dropping down to four uh, after that. So I'll either be coming home and then uh, going back to Bozeman to just do um, – I imagine we'll probably keep doing time trials through the 
like what would be the end of a normal season. Like normally we'd have a national championship um, for biathlon and skiing in the U.S. in late March. That is <laughs> probably not going to happen with COVID, but they'll probably have us keep – we've been trying to do time trials within our team as much as possible to make it like a normal race year. So I'd probably still be um, training and, and doing time trials out in Bozeman until late March. So you're fairly young. How old are you? Yeah, I just turned 23. 23. What's your future in biathlon? How far do you want to take this, or is it too too early to say? Um, definitely a little too early to say. I know that I'll at least probably be trying to. I mean, depends on spots on teams and etc. But I would love to continue pursuing it for at least a, another year. Um, see if I can race a whole season in Europe, a more normal season in Europe, and then after that, I'll I'll reevaluate and. Um, be deciding whether I want to. I also have a lot of big career dreams other outside of biathlon. Um, but if it's looking like there are more possibilities for me to grow and continue to grow as a person and athlete in biathlon, then I'd probably stick it out um, to see if I could make a World Cup in a few years or um, yeah, something like that. And so let's let's do a pivot here. I know that you won a, a Fulbright Award for uh, St. Lawrence University, and t- tell me what what that was all about and the recent news that you had you had to make a a big decision right yeah yeah so I was awarded I was actually an alternate at first and when I was kind of sorting everything out (laughs) this spring was a wild time I uh, went to national championships for college for skiing in Montana actually and that week was when um, like March Madness was canceled and people went into lockdown and basically like coronavirus happened. So I flew directly home and not back to college and then had to figure out what I was going to do after college. And so I was an alternate for a Fulbright at that point. So I was like, well, that's the call. <laughs> Doing biathlon uh, makes a lot of sense for me right now. Like there's not going to be a normal job world here any minute. Um, and I still feel like I have a lot that I can grow with in skiing and there's some great opportunities and awesome people and wonderful coaches. So I made the decision to go to Montana. And then in August, I was upgraded to a finalist for, for a Fulbright award to travel to Paraguay and do research there. And so that was really exciting. Uh, I've always loved um, research and school and all that kind of stuff. So I'd applied for the Fulbright in September of my senior year of college Um, and and it's kind of like a whole year-long process. So I was planning to go to Asuncion, Paraguay, which is the capital, and research their 2004 anti-deforestation law and look at kind of how that was passed and the conditions needed for successful environmental legislation to be passed. Um, with the idea of, you know, kind of it being a model for elsewhere and also looking at why this law only applied to half of the country. So half of Paraguay is a rainforest and the other half is a tropical dry forest. And they're both really important um, ecosystems, but only the rainforest was protected. So looking at the politics and policy surrounding all of that. And then with coronavirus in November, Essentially, all up until November, Fulbrights had been uh, postponed, and in November, they were going to decide 
whether people would be allowed to defer it for a year or whether programs were going to go despite coronavirus. So they decided that uh, Fulbright's could go to Paraguay, which meant that we had, had to either accept or decline it rather than deferring for a year. So last week, I made the decision to decline my spot in Paraguay. Um, as painful as that was, I definitely was really excited to go and grow as a person, meet new people, um, experience a different culture, practice Spanish, learn more about environmental policy, um, learn from all the great work people are doing there. But with coronavirus, it just wasn't the right time for me. Um, I want to be with friends and family. And with Aspon going really well, um, that's an opportunity that is hard to pass off because it's the only time in my life I can do it. I'm not going to be like coming back to biathlon at age 40. <laughs> um, and so I'm really excited to, to take this time to work on work on biathlon and seeing how far I can get and continue this tradition of Lake Placid winter sports. <laughs> um, it's obviously something I've been around for a long time and have looked up to so many people. So excited to finally be a bigger part of that. So if you did accept the Fulbright, when would you, when would you have gone? I would have gone sometime between um, February and like April. I, I could have probably finished out this season of biathlon um, and then just gone directly to Paraguay, but I wouldn't be well set up to do another season of biathlon, which I just felt that I really wanted. Um, I love my teammates and coaches in Bozeman, and I'm kind of just starting to get settled there uh, and would love to experience a more um, social year than this one has been. So that, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of athletes, you know, aspiring Olympians, that sort of thing uh, on a lot of these teams and uh, fi finances seem to be difficult because you, you can't draw, you know, full, full time uh, paycheck. Yeah, for how, sure. How, how are you making ends meet with all this? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> It's been a, a long road for sure. I mean, to start off, I just have to um, acknowledge that I'm very privileged and my parents are very supportive. Um, I would not be able to do it without them. And so I'm really grateful that they are helping me with this opportunity. Uh, but I also, when I first got to Montana, I worked at Chipotle for like three weeks <laughs> while I was looking for another job. Can't say that was the favorite favorite job I've ever had. Um, but then I got a job working as a public service commission campaigns coordinator, which basically meant that I was working with a local public service commission race in Montana. Um, so those are the people that like regulate electricity in Montana. Uh, and so it was an interesting race for me because even though it's a local, not very paid attention to race. Um, they have a lot of power when it comes to our environmental progress. And so public service commissions are responsible for making sure we have clean and affordable and sustainable energy. So, um, yeah, I worked for a campaign from July to through the election. Um, so that was a part-time position and was able to support me pretty well then. Um, and since then, I haven't been working just because I didn't know what, <laughs> what the next couple of months was going to look like. Um, but I'll probably uh, continue to look for part-time jobs when I get back to Bozeman. And that's what a lot of my teammates do is kind of ski. I mean, you're skiing full-time, but you can kind of 
fit in a part-time job there as well. And then, yeah, I also um, have DAC Bar as a sponsor, and they're wonderful. Uh, it's an Adirondack kernel of our company and can't say enough good things about them. Lucy Hochschartner from Lake Placid, going to compete with U.S. Biathlon in January, going to Europe and uh, competing in the IBU Cup and the IBU Open European Championships. Thanks for your time, and congrats again. Thanks so much. For more on this story and the latest news in sports from New York's Olympic region, check out the Lake Placid News. We're on stands now, or if you insist, Check us out online at www.lakeplacidnews.com. Special thanks to Dan Berggren for providing our music. Learn more about Dan and his fascinating story, a life in radio, education, and folk music at berggrenfolk.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Andy Flynn, editor at the Lake Placid News. We are Lake Placid.